Very well. You will apparently continue to listen, even to the very end of these events. You refuse to speak or address us, but we take no offense. It is the proper place for the subservient to remain mute, towering in the presence of their butters. Do you feel the yoke upon your neck? We come. We are soon free. Hello? What time is it? Who is it? Um, I don't know. I... Situation. Green. Foghorn. Expert. Sorry, honey. I have to take this. Pier 31 is a scattered industrial spread with massive concrete pylons supporting an equipment strewn platform that juts out into the dirty waters of the East River. There is little moonlight this evening, but what illumination there is casts long and complicated shadows across the scene. Now you're all here because this worksite and this large warehouse that you're now coming up upon, well, they're part of an apparent organized effort to obfuscate the movement of vast sums of monies, according to the work Prentice and Ryan recently completed together. Perhaps, and most importantly, it holds a clue to place you a step ahead of your elusive quarry. That is, David Young, a man who appears to command strange abilities and is likely the murderer you have been sent to New York City to stop. In the distance, there is a 40-foot high oblong warehouse perched directly on the waterfront clearly the largest single structure on this pier. It looms above a set of clustered shacks and other industrial buildings that are set apart, leaving the dockyards between the buildings clear of most obstructions and without cover. There are crates and shipping containers piled up along one side of the warehouse, as if hastily forgotten by the day shift in a race to find the nearest pub. The side of the warehouse facing your approach as you wind through the darkened and quiet industrial complex is illuminated by two pale halogen lights. One flickers anemically, threatening to go dark forever, but somehow continues its buzzing vigil for the moment. Several vehicles are parked here, light glancing off their empty interiors. A raised concrete loading dock, complete with a lengthy oil-stained ramp lead to a set of enormous corrugated wool top bay doors. Off to the side, to your left, as you approach, is an unmarked windowless metal door with a keypad built into its heavy looking handle. Now so close to the only lights on this area of the pier, the rest of the warehouse looks ominous, nearly ink black, as clouds whip across the sky and cover the already inadequate sliver of moon. As you deliberate where to park and how to investigate this building, Ryan points out to the group that there is a figure standing off away, barely visible in the waning light from the warehouse's front face. He appears to be watching the building, peeking around a steel and wood buttressed fence every once in a while, just periodically, and scribbling something on a pad that he's holding. He seems unkempt and is perhaps wearing a soiled uniform of some sort. You know, if Ryan hadn't pointed him out, you would not have noticed him on your approach. 
Team, what would you like to do? Do you want to park in front of the building alongside these other vehicles? Do we want to park a ways out and walk towards the building on foot? You tell me how you guys want to continue here. Well, if there's a dark young in there, we don't want it crushing the vehicle, so we should probably not park it in front. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm always thinking about dark young when I make any action, so. Wise, does that sound good with us, the team? Yeah, not super far away, though, in case of a, a getaway situation, but in some dark shadow, a reasonable walk from it seems good to me. Yeah, definitely somewhere it's not going to be terribly noticed. We do still have a body in the back. That's uh, right, we do. Quick question, though. How far are we from an IHOP? <laughs> You're always within Running just from IHOP gotcha. radius. Good. Running good or driving, though? Driving, for sure, in New York. Is there a ferry between the IHOP and us? You're going to need to check those schedules, okay, okay. but uh, won't, won't Can take you call long. Them Chances are. You're right, man. We, we've got to really calm down on our well, anachronistic epithets yes. on the show. It's water transportation vehicle. <laughs> what we do is we learn so and we, we uh, adjust, you know. And thank you for pointing yeah, that out, We Michael. get better. <laughs> <laughs> so from what i hear you're going to park the van in the shadows no more than a block away from the front of the warehouse that i just described is that correct yes yes you four walk towards the flickering lights again that are illuminating the front of this warehouse casting long shadows across the asphalt as you get closer you can definitely see that there is a large amount of cargo that's been stacked against one side of the building. It uh, doesn't quite reach the top of the 40-foot structure, but uh, kind of squint through the inky blackness, and you can see it does get you fairly close to some of the superstructure and metal gutters on the side of the building. Something Paris kind of takes in internally as a potential way to get on the roof and do some recon. All four of you are now positioned in the relative dimness away from the halo of light spilling forth from the front of the building. You can see across the way there is a, a man who has not taken notice of you, peeking around a corner, scribbling something down on a pad. So is, you said that's cargo up against the building. Are they cargo containers or some other? Crates and shipping containers. I think we should probably do like a perimeter walk. Seems like a reasonable idea before we go in. And also go talk to this dude, guy scribbling notes. Yeah, I'm down with that. All four of you staying close to the darkness, walk across the asphalt towards the man. He glances up as you approach, but doesn't say anything. He seems wholly absorbed in his activities. Your footsteps crunch on the gravel as you continue getting closer to him. And you hear across the river waters, a foghorn reverberate from afar. The man seems alert and you see him make a hash mark on his notepad. He nods grimly as he completes this task. He again glances up, his eyes flickering over your group as you walk towards him out of the darkness. He doesn't say anything, just kind of regards you with tired eyes. The man looks, again, unkempt. He's got a poorly coiffed beard, and his face is covered with some sort of dirt. Now that you're so close, you can see he is indeed wearing a uniform. Looks like uh, he's a city sewage worker, perhaps, or at least he is wearing the uniform of one. You gonna lead Ryan, or...? Ryan will say, uh, hey, what are you doing out here, buddy? Oh, hi, hi there. Hi there. He waves. Uh, just, uh, just finishing up some work. Uh, what you working on? He smiles briefly, kind of winces. Oh, I, I'm just here to, to finish up some, uh, some late night tasks. Thank you. He smiles again, nods curtly. Are the tasks at all related to this warehouse? Um, not re really. <laughs> So could you possibly do your tasks a block away? Oh, I uh, would prefer uh, not to. Uh, do you need me to, to, to leave? And Prentice pulls out his wallet and says, here's 200 bucks. Could you find somewhere anywhere else to be? Uh, n no, no, thanks. I, I, I need to finish this up tonight, but, but uh, appre appreciate it. Yeah, let's roll human to see if we can get some more about this guy's motivation. Mine's sure, roll human. Mine's shitty. Chris, does any of one. this... Uh, I don't know if this point of view would be a boon to a human role, but because Prentice and I, is any of this reminiscent of the hot, hot dog hot dog cart guy? Yeah, is he slanging wieners on the side? Yeah. 
you see nothing hot dog related about this man. <laughs> um, he is acting Demeanor? a little strange, though. How much relish is on his shoulder and coat? <laughs> Too much. Uh, or mustard. Yeah, you'll need to get your, your forensics <laughs> teaspoons out for that to measure. Sample teaspoons. To make sure that we're not getting lost in the literal joke, <laughs> I, am, I am saying because we knew that the hot dog guy was crazy but was a little skittish when we first talked to him, does this guy remind us of that at all? Is it a similar kind of energy? You you tell me. I mean, if you feel like this guy is in that same kind of vein, then then he he does. Okay. All, well, all right. Then. I failed my human roll, ninety four out of fourteen. So looks yeah, fine guy, to me. Guy seems like he's <laughs> guy seems like he's real real busy, and you're interrupting it's, his work. Fourteen human. You're like let me roll. I got this. You guys. I was no. I was saying we should. I was trying to get somebody else to do the roll, but no one else. Was I would rolled. We'll roll for. I think you can. We can all roll, right, Chris? First of all, no, no one plays Chris this game. No one plays my game saying, "Hey, somebody good at this roll." <laughs> you just say, "Paris is trying to get a foot for this guy," and I'll say, like, "Roll your human." That's how you play the game. Yeah, Ryan. So you Ryan did it exactly too. right. Ryan's okay. trying to get a feel for this guy. <laughs> sure, go ahead and roll. Fucking fail this. Just it's how the world works. Yep. <laughs> oh, 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 critically failed. Woohoo! Seventy-seven out of a target forty-four. Wait, are you, yeah, are you this is dad? obviously like, a. Yeah. Uh, Chris is probably so obviously happy a, right now. He's like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> this is obviously a crazy homeless man, and God he is wasting your time. And you probably shouldn't have walked up to him because who knows what's going to happen next. He is probably imbalanced. All right, Ryan looks at the group and says, like, maybe we just keep going, guys. So Prentice, still holding the $200 out, looks at it and puts it back in his wallet, huffs and says, suit yourself. Hey, have you, um, sir, have you seen anyone coming or going recently in this building? Yeah, I've, uh, I've seen a few people here, actually, uh, gathering at that warehouse right behind you. Are they in there right now? Uh, I didn't see them leave, uh... They, they started uh, gathering out in front about an hour ago, and uh, well, before you got here, and uh, yeah, all, all of them, uh, maybe about a dozen of them, they looked uh, maybe Chinese. There was also a, a, a really tall and, and thin man. He, he, he seemed to be someone important. He was saying something, and it looked like he was maybe giving orders. Uh, so about a dozen, were they were they armed? Uh, I, I didn't see that. Um... He stutters a uh, bit. At this point, Prentice wants to see if he's hiding anything and failed his human roll. Uh, 17 target, or 32 target 17. He, he doesn't uh, emote anything to you that would indicate he's trying to hide the truth. In fact, he seems to be quite open with you. Ryan's going to start to walk a bit away from him, hoping the group follows so we can debrief. Another foghorn suddenly blasts across the waves. And you watch as this man hastily marks another hash on his pad of paper. Paris says, I'm going to head back to the van and, and grab my, get my gear. Okay, uh, so Prentice follows. Ryan will also follow. Ryzen's going to follow to the edge of the building and kind of keep an eye on them as they walk away. But she's going to stand in the shadows where she can still see the building, but also see them. At least as far as possible. Yeah, they disappear into the darkness because there are no lights in that direction. Unfortunately, there is no place for you to stand f for what you would like as you find out as they disappear. Ryan's going to say to the other two as we're walking, so we've definitely got people inside there, could or could not be armed, but definitely we know that armed. David is in there. Maybe we see if we can uh, sneak in to this building somehow. Maybe we do a canvas of the outside first. Yeah, it seems like a good idea. I mean, we should assume they are armed and be ready for that. And then I think scouting the building, finding the best way in is going to be going to be the way to go. I'm going to check to see, did I bring my flashbang grenades that I don't have listed in my equipment? Then why Roll would you luck. grab them? <laughs> Roll of luck? Uh, how does that work? Did I bring my flashbang grenades, Chris? Did I bring all my gear no, or no? You, didn't, you did not bring your flashbang grenades, which you don't have and never have had. I don't We have really need to fix your gear. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't do it now. I mean, I can do it after this mission, but yeah, for this mission. I was cool with the sidearm, but like not flashbang grenades. Well, I'm trying I don't to... know why you would have those. Well, got, if I got my gear, I'm just trying to figure out what gear I would have. And You what... have your M4 with a few extra mags. Dope. You also have your under barrel breach rounds that you can fire from your M4. So you go back 
you grab your M4 out of your duffel bag, or you probably bring the duffel bag along with you. Meet back up with Roizen, who's standing a little bit outside of the periphery of the halo of light spilling forth from in front of the building. You four are back together now. So how do we want to do this, boys? Let's start walking down the the side, see if we um, can see a fire escape or some other vantage point that we can maybe enter in a less noticeable way. In a, in a stealthy manner. In a stealthy manner? Sure. Who's got the worst stealth? That Reason. agent needs to go ahead and roll their stealth. Go ahead. All right. This is not... That is a failure at a 31 out of a target 14. Y'all are crunching your way down the asphalt on the west side of the building. And you're doing your best to stay quiet, but the sound of four people walking on this uneven ground, it's covered with dirt again and and rocks, is is something that perhaps somebody listening for this exact sound would would hear. It's very possible. Paris stops the team. All right, guys, y'all are, uh, I need a good, I need a good, like, y'all are louder, louder than a... Something in a bag of something. Heard of elephants. <laughs> You're louder than a something in a bag of something is actually the correct colloquialism right. for you. That's so, what Paris says. Yeah. Paris says, yeah, y'all awesome. are y'all louder than a... Look, just stay here for a moment. I'm going to have Paris go ahead and try to circumnavigate the building on his own. What does the rest of the team think of that? Prentice hears how loud they're being and kind of agrees quietly. I don't think we should have any one person go off on our own, though. I can join him. Ryan feels like he's able to be stealthy. Let's do this, alien guy. That's my best. I can't. I'm trying. Eric, I'm trying to do improv comedy here. You, it's hard. You, you don't have to try. You're doing it already. You're doing so well. <laughs> Thanks. Natural. Okay. Which one of you has the lowest stuff? I have 50. I have 50. Okay. Who has the lowest dexterity? 15. I've got 10. Paris, please roll for stealth. There's a All right. solid 96 out of 50. So that's, that's fail. So we're going to yep. crunch our way on. You two begin crunching your way down on your twosome, continuing the length of this very large oblong steel warehouse. Before long, you find yourself coming up to the crates and shipping containers that have been stacked against the side of this part of the warehouse. You see that they stretch up nearly two thirds the side of the building. You can see this from your vantage point. Someone who's got some pretty good upper body strength or some athleticism might be able to hoist themselves up, use the metal gutters and other brickwork to get themselves onto the roof. Paris looks over to Ryan. I think I might be able to climb up that and uh, get on top of the roof. Yeah, not a bad idea, but I'm not sure if we should leave the rest of the team not on the roof. Yeah, yeah. But should we keep walking the building? See if we find anything else. Nah, I mean, look, maybe do be quiet about it, but if you can get up there and then if there's any like skylights or vents that we can get a, a visual inside of this, definitely take it and then you know, report back. If you get up there and there isn't anything, then maybe you come back down and we regroup with the team. All right, I check for my pocket flashlight. Do I have you that? Yeah, you brought your... You brought your pocket flashlight and your cell phone with you. I'll text you if I find Perfect. a way in. Paris is going to attempt to climb up. Yeah, no problem. Well, it shouldn't be a problem. Paris is a pretty pretty well-built guy. So basically, you're doing a series of pull-ups, maybe some difficult maneuvers up the side of the building. But it looks climbable to you from here. Go ahead and roll your athletics. Because of all the failures, guys, don't forget to check your skills. <laughs> Thank you for the reminder. It's going to be a heavy upgrade session, it seems. This is every session. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure Brazen and Prentice heard the thud from the other side of the building there. Come on. Or he just fell. I just broke a leg or something. I don't see what What was the roll, John? It was with 100 out of doesn't matter. 68. I hold on a moment. I've got to like kind of think about that. Isn't I feel like there's a table that covers it when it's this bad, right? It's like, Does he shit his pants? Is that an option? <laughs> Dude, I would take that over like a broken leg. <laughs> I'm totally down. <laughs> what is right. smell? Paris, roll your, your dexterity times five. So I think that's 50 for you. 94 out of 50. You quickly, oh you quickly vault up the side of the first shipping container, landing on top of it with a quiet thud, and then vaults up the second. It's nothing for you. Ryan, you watch with appreciation. He 
seems extremely sure of himself. And he's he's moving up the side of the building now like a trained free climber. Parkour, he whispers. <laughs> <laughs> but what you see, when he reaches the very top of this 40-foot warehouse, he misses a handhold. Looked like he was doing just fine grasping onto the side of some jutting out brickwork in one of the metal gutters. But you see him slip, and with horror in the pit of your stomach, you watch him fall backwards, his hands flailing in the night air. It's slow motion for you. It might be for Paris as well. But you see as his body first strikes the highest shipping container with a sickening crunch, he continues to fall down, his head slamming against the second one. And then he spins, hits the brick wall of the warehouse, and falls behind one of the containers out of sight. <sighs> Roll a new character. Again. <laughs> moist, moist thud sound is all you hear. I need to roll some damage here. <laughs> Paraplegic. And the loss of characters continues. <laughs> I mean, fuck. Yo. Can't right. can he just shit his pants? <laughs> Don't roll 100s is, is my best good, advice good to advice. you. I, I'm only rolling 90s. And it's not our fault. Tonight. It's That's the dice. It. All right. We're, gonna, we're using the rules of the game here. So just a moment. How dare you? Oh, that is a... Uh, I think we're going to rename this one Operation Whoopsie Daisy. <laughs> oh, shit. When a fall like this is particularly uncontrolled, we're, dealing, we're looking at a 2d6 damage for the height that you fell. You're basically out of it for now. So, Ryan, it's as I described to you. You don't hear him yell. You don't hear him make a sound. All you hear is his body sink behind the shipping container. So this gap between the wall of the warehouse and this stacked piece of cargo am i able to get to him at all you rush over as best as you can turning on your cell phone light you peer through and you see him in a very very difficult position his arm twisted backwards his leg looks like is bending in the wrong direction he looks like a contortionist who has forced himself in this small space burn it ryan's gonna <laughs> whisper shout paris paris Paris, please roll your constitution. I can't physically get to him is, is what I heard you say, right? You can kind of shimmy back there and and try your best to extract him. Uh, I got a 53 out of 75. I succeeded, finally. You open your eyes. Your body is a symphony of pain. Your leg is white hot. Something's wrong with your right arm, and you can feel yourself pinned between two immovable objects. As you come to, you realize one of them is the warehouse itself. You look up, your eyes completely blinded by a flashlight that's being shining in your face, and you hear Ryan hiss at you. Paris! Ryan's going to try, uh, as he sees him oh, awaken, I guess, or you know, twitch slightly, whatever, move towards him to be able to drag him out. Uh... With some difficulty, Paris lifts part of his body up he slips back down he's in a horrible looking awkward position his limbs are not going in the right directions you're not sure which one to touch but you do your best to grab part of his shoulder and the arm that looks like it's in the right direction or at least hasn't popped out of its socket like the other and with some great effort you extract him from this small gap and kind of lay him out where he's seated against the side of the warehouse. So looking at him, Ryan sees that one arm's fucked up. Does he see a broken leg? Obvious, like visually obvious? Yeah, so it looks like his shin, we're, we're talking a major fracture here where you can see bone when you lift up his pant leg that has come through the skin. He's bleeding quite profusely. Can we see his phone light from where we are? Yes, you can see their, their lights kind of banding around. So we'll, we'll make our way over. You did hear some thuds as well. Okay, Ryan's gonna Ryan's gonna flash his phone light, like off on, off on, off on. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go running. At Royson and Prentice. So we, we make our way over and... Fuck. Honestly, if nobody oh came running at that noise, I don't think we need to be quiet. <laughs> well, the noise the noise was definitely some metallic thuds, but it wasn't like an alarm. But you're correct. It it was not quiet. What happened? So as I come as I come over, Ryan's like, fuck, he he was climbing up to try to get on the roof and his hand slipped and he just got destroyed on the way down. He fell down behind. He's 
I mean, his leg is... Prentice shushes you and starts immediately addressing his most apparent wounds. I rolled a 55 of 70. That's a critical success. That's what we call a critical success. Yes, taste that. The taste of victory. (laughs) Well, about time. (laughs) I would like you to go ahead and roll a 1d4, please. One. Okay, we double that with with a successful critical. So you have successfully healed two hit points is how the mechanics work. So what you do is you, honestly, you set the leg immediately. You're very confident that based off of what forced its way through his skin, that you can do this for now, but he'll absolutely need to go go to a hospital to have that likely, well, in your expert opinion, buttressed with some sort of screws, metallic frame, something. But for now, you want to get it in place so that you can go ahead and stop the bleeding which is what you did. You guys were done for the night. He's got to see a hospital. This is... You also pop back in his uh, his arm, which had come out of its socket. This is over. I... Can we afford to let them keep getting away? Yeah, we're not. I. It's serious, and I don't disagree with you, but we're not leaving here because he's not going to die, probably. No, we're not leaving. Just drag me by the front and uh, give me a vantage point of the door. Yeah, can we firemen carry him or something or oh sure yeah y'all y'all can carry him back to the van he can hop along on his good his quote-unquote good leg i think we should at a minimum do that yeah let's let's get him in the van that way if anything happens he can get himself to the hospital while we're getting him settled Ryzen's gonna come up with paris why don't we switch weapons yours is a little more powerful than mine so if we're gonna hit anything big in there i'd like to have at least one heavy hitter i was gonna recommend that yeah yeah, sure. Let's swap out. All right, and Ryzen will hand him his Jericho. You take care of this. It was my brother's. <laughs> Paris just nods. Hands are the M4. Uh, Chris. Yes. You said there's a, a garage front, like a roll-up roll door that we could see at the, the front of the building? Correct. A very large steel roll-up door. Looks like a loading bay. Can Ryan run over towards that and just listen to see if he can hear anything inside? Of course. Yes. So as you leave Paris and make your way back on foot to the warehouse, Brian, you go ahead and hoist yourself up onto the raised concrete platform that is part of this loading bay, this closed down loading bay for now, for the night at least. You walk up to this large roll top door. You go ahead and put your ear up to it. You can hear the rattle of air movement in the other room. And you start back because you hear somebody sniff and kind of clear their throat directly on the other side of the door. As quiet as I can, move back towards Prentice and Roizen and say, definitely people inside. There's someone right on the other side of that door. I'm tempted to, do we go around back? Do we do we try the roof again now that we've seen sort of where to be careful? It's a lesson learned the hard way, but maybe we can make it up a little bit better as a group. Maybe see if we can find a fire escape you guys can lift me up onto. Yeah, I'm not taking my chances with uh, what I saw happen to Paris. Yeah, that's fair enough. So I guess we start walking around the building until to, to see if, if we find an alternative entrance. So Chris, whatever that means. So you guys continue back down the western side of the warehouse past the stack of large cargo containers and shipping containers to the southern side, the waterfront side of the building. Here there is some more pale halogen lights in front of another set of heavy roll top doors. No one here. You do see a pallet jack and some pallets on the pier itself. Looks like quite a few bits of equipment, unmanaged, untouched for a while. Lots of boxes are stacked up along the pier itself as you walk in front under the halo of light until you make your way to the eastern side of the warehouse, making your way back around, walking the perimeter, Royson was prescient because you do see that this warehouse is up to code. There's a fire escape on this side. The ladder itself is in a cage. Looks like it has a padlock and it is retracted. It's about 12 feet above the asphalt where you stand as you stare up at it. But it looks like the fire escape leads to some sort of second story metal door that is in the side of the building. I mean, if you guys, I'm the small one. If you boost me up, I can pull someone up behind me and then we can lift the third person. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, let's give it a try. You go ahead and form basically a bit of a human pyramid here. Boost up Roizen and you can roll in athletics plus uh, 20% Roizen. 
Oh, I forgot to adjust that. Not that it matters. Failure at 95 out of what should have been 51. You boost her up, but she's really unable to grasp what is fortunately a condensation covered metal. It's very slick and she doesn't seem to be able to pull herself up or get a grip long enough to really find her way up on top of that platform. With a huff, she lands back down on the gravel-covered asphalt. She just shakes her head. You can check your athletics. I mean, fuck. We're failing every, like, uh, reasonable role. So let's, let's try to lift Prentice up, and if that doesn't work, I say we just storm the place. <laughs> As your friendly GM, I would not recommend storming an unknown uh, building that I ever give you. We're not storming the building, Chris. We're just okay. defeated. Logically, I wouldn't, but Royzen is getting frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to move back to Paris for just a moment. in the vehicle right now and you're gritting your teeth again your body is just in horrific pain shooting up and down your extremities but you cannot stand the idea that you are stuck here in this van while the others are walking into something unknown you start going through the back of the van looking through all this cdc shit that uh you'll never really touched kind of hobbling over the body of Jerry Wong that's covered with many sheets and blankets, doing your best to look through drawers. And you find, go ahead and roll your pharmacy. If you Do you have pharmacy? Actually, I should ask first. It's whatever the default is. So if that's zero, then I have zero. You find hydrocodone in copious amounts. Good for him. Lucky bastard. <laughs> well, we now know that's, that's, a, that's a trick. I could take some, but that's going to throw me off my fuck it. Paris Googles hydrocodone to check for a, if there's any dosage recommendations floating out there on the internet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's all sorts of dosage recommendations. Is this, is this something Paris would like take his time to, to do though? Uh, I mean, if it is, it's fine. I, I uh, How smart is this just, guy? Again? I mean, reminder that your arm is dislocated and your leg is like shattered. His arm, his arm is no longer dislocated. Yeah. That was okay. that was fixed by our doctor. <laughs> it's just in great, great, great pain. Agony. He just, He's in agony, that's right. for sure. He fell down three stories and hit four blocks. <laughs> it, was bad. it was bad. It's, it was bad. I was so like, bad. cool, this is the lamest character death so far. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's truly... Paris <sighs> Paris just takes two, throws them in his mouth, chews them up, and swallows. And grab. Does it, is there some water around? Yeah. Flavor country. Oh, There's no gross. water around in the van. Ooh, just there there might be some, some... There might be something, yeah, corpse water. Might be this body might be bloating at this point. There's a water uh, bottle yeah, in Paris. Morrison's bag that Totes. would have been left behind. <laughs> There's no water. No. <laughs> Can I roll luck on that one? <laughs> you just swallow the fucking pills. This is such an insignificant detail. Just swallow the pills. This is just to me getting Paris out of the car. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. Let's land this fucking plane. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Paris, yeah. Paris, just, just. Throws two in his mouth, chews him up, and swallows. Within what feels like a minute, you feel your leg turn into like an, a dull ache. The shooting, horrific white hot pain has subsided. And not just that, but you just kind of, honestly, you don't care. You just feel pissed that you're in this van while the other agents are putting themselves in potential danger. 
you're the one who should be leading them out there. You think to yourself. He tries. I'm, I'm going to have Paris try to walk, see, see how well he can do on his own. It's a bit of a hobble, but you're able to manage. It's got a shattered. Well, actually, let me. Is there something I can use kind of as a makeshift crutch that's around? Because if I have a shattered shin, I shouldn't even be able to put weight on it, right? You weren't able to before the Hydrocoda. Oh, for like a makeshift. Right now, you can put 10% of your weight on it. Oh, God. Well, I'm going I'm to look around for like a makeshift crutch of some kind. Is there anything anything lying on the ground? There is a there is like a metal hanging bar that some of the Raycal biohazard suits are on. You could go ahead and potentially rip that out of the internal structure of the van if you're feeling strong and perhaps use that as a crutch to lean on. Or like a walking like a walking staff or something. Yeah, I'll give it a try. Yeah, with your good arm, you're able to kind of yank this out of place. It's it's not like it's bolted in. It's it's in slots. And so you're able to maneuver it out of the way, knock down the biohazard suits and an unceremonious crumple. But you have this clothing hanger bar now. It's about four feet long to use. So using that, I'm going to get out of the van and look for the team, see if I can see them from where I'm at. You definitely don't. They're not in the halo of light that's in front of the warehouse. Ryan will turn to Prentice and Roizen once you know Roizen lands back from, from trying to get up. Look, guys, let's, let me give the boxes on the other side just uh, one more try. I think I'll be a little more careful than uh, Paris was and, and <laughs> see if we can get a vantage point from the roof. Sounds right. good. You three begin walking back down south towards the waterfront and make your way back to the spot where poor Paris, well, suffered a violent fall from about 40 feet up. Humpty dumpty himself. <laughs> Paris, while they are doing that, you're approaching the warehouse looking for them. You do not see them yet. Where would you like to go? Is the is that is the weird guy still over, over? Can I still see him from where we are? Is he still taking notes? He is, yes. All right, I'm going to hobble over to that guy. You make your way somewhat somewhat quickly, actually to that gentleman. He barely registers your approach. He seems transfixed, staring south towards the water. I pull the gun out and point it at him and say, tell me everything you know now. Hey, 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 man. Hey, hey. what? Keep talking. What's going on? Keep talking until you think I'm satisfied. <laughs> what? Keep talking about what? Hey, man, don't shoot me. What? what are you doing here? What's going on inside that building now? Hey, I'm not with any of those guys in the building. I just came here because the voice told me to. The TV show? <laughs> it told me to to, to visit and uh, revisit and revisit again. This location right here, he points down at the ground that he's standing on. Uh, about a week ago, it told me to do this, to count the foghorn blasts. I, so far, I've counted uh, 203. He glances down at his hash-covered notepad. And you do this every night? Yes, of course. How often do you see people here going in and out of this building? I mean, I, I see the day shift leave sometimes when I get here early enough when, when my shift's over, but I've never seen anybody come in this late at night. This is the first time you've ever seen anyone, these people, before? He nods. They had somebody with them, too. Uh, somebody they had, like, uh, I, I mean, he looks embarrassed. and He stops speaking for a moment. Then he looks at your gun. Keep talking. Maybe somebody that, that, was, that was drugged? She, she didn't look well. So we got a hostage situation, potentially. Anything else? Just don't shoot me. I, I'm not part of any of whatever's going on in there. I, I don't know any of those people. Did the voice tell you to do anything else? Dig deep, buddy. Uh, no, I, I mean, it's, it's the voice. It, it's behind the blue door. He says this as if you should know what he's talking about. Can I, I want to get a sense of if, if he's telling me everything he knows or if he's holding anything back. I already, I already rolled human sure. on this guy. Never mind. I don't think I can Yeah, do it's a human minus 20 at this point. Minus 20. Oh, that puts me sub-zero. So I guess just roll. Yeah, you can still roll a one. Okay. Nope. No, no, I did not. 41 out of negative something, something. So He seems extremely scared of getting shot by you. Seems fair. Paris thinks that he's gotten everything he can get out of the guy. Puts his gun away. Says, all right, well, um, good luck with the foghorns. I think I'm a... I think I'm done for tonight. He smiles. He stuffs the notepad into his coveralls and he turns and he begins loping away into the darkness. Paris lets him go. Uh, and then he's going to go and try to find the rest of the group. Hobble on over to him. Cool. Are you going to go to the western or, or eastern side of the building? Uh, probably. Roll your luck. Okay. All right. Eastern side, I guess. Eastern side it is. You begin making your way down south. 
exploring the side of the building that you didn't have a chance to before, hoping you'll find them, or at least some point of ingress that they've discovered. Back to the rest of the team. You three are now standing in front of this collection of shipping containers and crates stacked haphazardly on the side of the building. Ryan's going to try to climb them. Ryan, go ahead and roll an athletics plus 20% for me. Hey, that was a success. 57 out of a target, 71. And for the listeners, the little tens dice was rolling around that 80 on my screen <laughs> for a nervous amount of time <laughs> before I flipped over to the 50 side. And I was like, fuck this. I'll lose my shit. <laughs> anyway, so, success. Taking strongly an internal lesson from Paris's failure, you carefully, very carefully, make your way up the shipping containers and avoiding the fatal handholds that caused his fall, you stick to what looks like a much safer route, at least from your estimation. Kind of huffing and puffing, before long you find yourself on top of the roof, unscathed. You look down, you can see the dim lights of your fellow agent's cell phones illuminating the asphalt ground 40 feet down. It's higher than it looks from below. Up here on the roof, you can see there's a thin strip of windows that lines the graded, corrugated material that you're standing on and set back from the edge of the roof itself so that you could perhaps peer through them into the warehouse floor below. Ryan peers through them. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you look through these windows and you can see that there's about a dozen people in the center of the warehouse in flickering candlelight. Activity is certainly occurring there in that open area in the middle of the warehouse but multiple stacked crates block your direct line of sight. You see them kind of swaying, moving in between these enormous obstructions. The dim light doesn't help at all. It's really hard to tell what's going on down there from your current vantage point. Is Ryan able to get a vantage point that shows him the front side, you know, where he heard the person just on the other side? Is he able to see along that wall at all? You make your way as quickly as you can to the northern side of the warehouse and you look through one of the windows and you see in very dim light, a shadowy figure smoking a cigarette against a roll top. The only reason you can see the roll top from this vantage point is because it's like there's flickering candlelight reflecting off of it. Ryan's gonna text the whole team. And so Paris knows even me thinking that he's still in the car on the roof looks to be about a dozen guys inside. Was I able to make out who, which was David? Like, was I able to see him? No, no, no. You, you, unfortunately, they've arranged, or at least they, they have some sort of arrangement there that really blocked direct line of sight into understanding what's happening down there. Now, one thing that you did see was that there are some catwalks down below from these windows that are above the floor of the warehouse. If you were to maneuver your way through some of these windows on the roof, you might be able to lower yourself down onto the catwalks, creep along so that you get a better vantage point and understand what might be happening, what activity is occurring in the center of the warehouse floor. Okay, so Ryan's gonna text the team on the roof. Seems to be a dozen or so people inside. Give me five going to try to, going to, try to get a better vantage point then as stealthily and athletically as possible, Ryan is going to try to get into the get onto the catwalk to be able to get a better vantage. Go ahead and roll your strength, please. Target 50, failure at an 82 roll. Go ahead and roll your luck, please. Uh, 65. Okay, that's a failure. You go ahead and try to dislodge this window looks quite rusted and you pull and pull at it with all your strength grunting loudly until finally with a sudden motion it wrenches free the sound is extremely loud as metal grates against metal sings through the air cutting through what was once silence with a startling startling volume even down below 40 feet on the ground Royzen Prentice you hear it sounds like a bird screech Oof. that can't be good I'm gonna go back to Paris for a moment. Paris, you have walked along the perimeter now, and you're staring straight up at what looks like a locked and retracted fire escape ladder. You don't see an open door here or any indication that anyone has utilized this. In fact, it looks like it's quite unutilized. 
but uh, that is where you are right now. Where would you like to go next? I'll keep moving around the building. Do I have my? Did I keep my phone on me? I had the phone. I had my phone on me. I shoot a text to the group. He would have gotten my roof text. He would have been on that. All right. Well, and I, I when I pull my phone out to look to send them a text, I see I see his message and start making my way over to the to the boxes. I'll get you over there in just a sec. Is there anything Royce and Apprentice do in response to this excruciatingly loud sound? So editorialized, Chris. <laughs> so. That's kind of my job, I think. Quite literally, yeah. Ryzen's Ryzen's gonna use one arm to press Prentice up against the crates or the wall, whatever's closest, and she's gonna do the same and signal for him to look towards the front of the building, and she's gonna look towards the back. Just make sure if anybody heard that and is coming outside, we're not surprised. Prentice complies. If you so, I have a I have a GM question for you. If you were to see a flashlight come around the side of the corner of the building, what would you do? She would Pull aim and not fire <laughs> until she was certain it was, well, a threat. Go ahead and roll your alertness. Same with you, Prentice. Oh, geez, same roll. Did. Oh. Nice, oh, that's <laughs> interesting. No, no. You both failed Y'all both with rolled. a 47. It's me with the with target 22. And me with the target 25. Ryan, you wince at this loud noise and slowly open your eyes. You see that this window has been well dislodged. You could now fit yourself through it with ease and lower yourself down to the catwalks below. No indication, no yelling or movement other than what you can barely see from your vantage point that would show there are folks curious about the sound that just echoed out. You give it another beat. There's no flashlight shining in this area. What would you like to do? He's going to text that to the team saying, sorry, that was me. Weirdly, no one inside reacted. We might be safer noise-wise than we originally thought. Just a heads up. That's quite a paragraph. And then, (laughs) yeah. Okay. Yeah. Voice to text takes about 30 seconds. (laughs) And then he will lower himself onto the catwalk with ease, as so stated previously. (laughs) You're right. It, it was quite easy. You land quietly on top of a swaying catwalk. The tension lines groaning only only slightly under your weight. Royzen, Prentice, you hear what sounds like somebody kicking gravel from the southerly side of the building out of your vision, making their way towards your position on the western face. It's like they're dragging something. Not just that, but maybe hitting a metal tube against a rock as well. It's, it's a bizarre sound. It's loud and you both kind of look in that direction. Prentice raises his gun at the oncoming, in in the direction that the sound is coming from. And Royzen? Royzen's already got hers up. She's she's definitely curious. She's actually gonna start inching towards the corner very, very slowly. The noise gets louder and louder. Prentice presses himself against the wall of the warehouse and, and is aiming the gun across his body, kind of covering her, but very obviously terrified of what it's about to happen. <laughs> you just hear Royzen whisper, please don't shoot me in the back. <laughs> Both of you see a figure stagger from behind the corner of the building. Tall, dark, has maybe some sort of weapon that it's carrying at its side. What do you do? Goodness. Stop, says Prentice. Prentice, flashlight. Prentice turns the flashlight on his phone, aiming across, across his body, across his pistol. So like, it's right behind so his So there's pistol. all sorts of weird shadows. <laughs> yes, exactly. Paris, as you round the corner, you are blinded immediately. And you instinctively raise your hand to cover your eyes, nearly losing your footing with your new crutch that you absconded with from the CDC van. Oh, for goodness sake, Paris. <sighs> you hear there you are. Yeah, yeah. Ryzen's, on up to him. Well, Ryzen's too short to act as a human crotch. <laughs> hold on to the M4, uh, but I'm I'm not staying behind. What's the situation? Prentice, Prentice, why don't you stick by his side, human crotch, and that way you're on his bad side if anything goes bad? I'm always on his bad side. You're always on everybody's bad side. <laughs> Point taken. But we still love you. Fruit baskets for everybody. I'm almost wondering if we should just, if they didn't react to all of that noise Ryan just made, maybe we should tell them to keep watch from up there and we find a door down here to go in. Because there's no way we're getting Paris up there. Right. 
That's a that's a breaching charge you've got on the M4. That'll that'll take through any of these doors along this building. No, is that is that correct? Just checking. My it's screen. a breaching round. Yeah. So it's basically a shotgun. So it'll put it at a, at a lock. It'll blast. I don't door. know about metal doors. There's those are generally meant for wood frames. Yeah, it's it's not going to do much good with the roll top. Honestly, all it would do is dent it and probably lock us out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant I meant there's there's a non roll top door that yeah. we passed. Yeah, that would be the one. So I'll be saying you would use that against the lock on that that door. Chris, were there any non-roll top doors in the back of the building or were they only in the front? There is a roll top door on the southern side of the building where it looks like there's loading activity that happens during the day. It's identical in size and material as the one on the north face that you first saw upon approach. I don't know if we want a chance going in the front. They're going to, do we want to just try the roll top? Do you guys want to text Ryan, anyone in the back? Yeah. And then from his new vantage, he can at least look to see in, from inside if there's anyone over there. I don't know. It's it's, it's meager. Ryzen's going to text Ryan with, do a quick one of those landscape pictures. You can just get the entire thing and send it to us. I mean, is, is it more like, a, yeah, like an operative? Like, could she like stealth kill people? We give her a knife and like slide her into the side. She can... <laughs> Was it sna- snake her way through or something? Yeah, solid or Assassin's snake Creed style. style just a- you know. any of y'all can do that with good rolls. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a key, a key distinction. <laughs> good of the night. Good she stands a slightly better than average chance. We're gonna hear a lot of <laughs> slightly. <laughs> the problem is she's probably gonna be heard because her stealth is crap. <laughs> yeah, if your stealth is crap, you're not gonna be able to do any of that fun stuff. Not 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 likely, at least. Are there any orange boxes around? I learned something about those. It's what Solid Snake would hide under. Yeah, I, I know. You want to take out your, your barrel costume and walk around as a barrel. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But sorry, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Okay. But yeah. Uh, Ryan, get us a pano of the floor so we can see where people are. Is it too dim for my camera to work, Chris? Otherwise, I'll just... I'll- some kind of actually i have a i have a bit to describe to you as you drop down onto the catwalk so okay. I, I need to kind of you know tell you what you see so why don't we why don't we move on to to that little description now that you're positioned closely you're finding yourself on this swaying catwalk in front of you is the dim green screen of some sort of industrial control system it's in a screensaver mode as uh number one hong kong imports logo which looks like a Half Moon dances around. Based off of its positioning, it seems very close to a crane that runs along a track that is attached to part of the ceiling of the warehouse. The crane is right in front of you and the control system itself. But what really captures your focus as you look down and across the warehouse floor is what's happening now in the middle of the warehouse. You see that there is a woman in a dirty, tattered FBI windbreaker. She's sitting upright on what looks to be a crate-made dais. Containers are arranged in a semicircle around it and closing it, seemingly purposefully. She looks to you drugged, or at least, Ryan, you begin to hope this is the case as you recognize that this is Special Agent Rachel Glenn. The top of her skull has been sheared off cleanly. In the flickering light of the candles, this reveals a red, pulpy mess. Blood is caked in her long black hair, which before, was kept up nice and neat in a bun, now lies along her shoulders. Blood is splattered on her clothing and on the ground below. There seems to be much less blood than you might expect. You note to yourself in a sort of fascinated reverie as you take in this horrific and gruesome scene. Can I tell if she's alive? She looks drugged and alive. You see four men in anachronistic black ceremonial robes that are also on this makeshift dais. One holds a jade figurine aloft, purposefully again towards the ceiling, towards the darkness of the rafters. Beside him is another one of these men. He holds what looks like a long and yellowed scroll, looks heavy. A very, very tall Asian man whom you immediately recognize as David Young is also there. He's holding two bloody silver sickles standing over the crouching form or sitting form of Rachel Glenn. He's standing beside that fourth robed man who is chanting, in fact, leading some sort of chanting in in a twisted and incomprehensible dialect of perhaps Cantonese. There are additional Asian featured men in casual clothing that stand in front of this dais and they are answering the chants in turn with their own unique but 
to you, equally unintelligible responses. Roll your sanity, please. This will be for violence. For sure. Um, real quick. So just want to make sure I've got it down. Sarg, David Young's got two sickles, like near her, looming. There's a dude with a jade idol and a dude with a scroll, and then followers. Correct. So we have four okay. men in strange robes on the dais. We have statue guy. We have scroll guy. We have David Young. We have Chanter. Then we got have it. a bunch of uh, guys in casual clothes. They're also holding submachine guns, which uh, I should definitely mention to you, who are answering the chant in turn from the from the chanters on the dais. Right. And we have the lady with the, the cut head and Sarge. Sarge. Yeah, nope. Nope. Sarge. Is Sarge. Sarge is okay. Cut head. Yeah. Oh, boy. Poor Sarge. All right. I've got a bit of work to do here. I will be projecting, Chris. So let me know if I need to check we'll go, Okay. Go ahead and roll a 1d4, please. A violence survival. Yeah. Go ahead and roll a 1d4. So you went ahead and you projected. Um, you rolled a 1. So you're going to go ahead and subtract 1 willpower. That brings you down to 6, it looks like. And you're also going to subtract 1 from a bond of your choice, which, again... It brings me down to 7. I It was at 8. I oh, you already, a, you already did it. So you yeah. went from 8 to 7. And yeah. who's going to get that one minus 1? Is it our same friend? Uh, Abdur I did Hamad? Chloe. I did Chloe. On Chloe, that. Chloe this time. Your executive assistant. Yes. Okay, okay. Chloe, this latte was one degree off. Oh, Chloe's going to get <laughs> get it in the home scene. <laughs> Shit. Poor Chloe. Probably. She doesn't deserve that. She doesn't. None of them deserve what we give her. I think she's only, she's only gone down like three points. Again, you're looking out across and seeing this horrific scene from your yep. high vantage point. Mm-hmm. The fear you had of someone noticing your ingress is just completely overtaken by the brutality that you are now witness to. You feel a buzz as somebody on your team responds to your text, but you can't quite bring yourself to look at this screen just yet. What would you like to do? Quick out of character chat with the group. So I'm thinking about this a couple ways. One, if... It feels like to Ryan, Sarg is about to be part of like a sa- uh, like a ritual, which it seems. That's a freebie. In that line. <laughs> is it, and she's already kind of so fucked, do I aim and try to just kill her I, as I a would, means of- I would throw this out first, and I may not have said it. You are very outnumbered, and there are lots of folks down there with submachine guns. Yeah, it, any noise from that breaks them out of whatever they're doing from where you are, you're full of holes. Yeah, but I, I, I think he's way, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you're trying to weigh that against something far, far worse, you know, crawling its way out of the top of her head or something. You yeah. know what I mean? With like extra, right. extra legs and arms and eyes and mouths and all that good stuff. I mean, I... Which, yeah, which I know Ryan loves to hang out with those things. He just keeps <laughs> Mostly in his body, though. Them. He wants a new yeah. one. <laughs> He just says, come on in. Yeah, on one hand, it would, one, be the mercy kill, you know, put her out of whatever she is about to go through. And two, it would stop the ritual because they would no longer have a sacrifice. But you're in there on your own. And there is no telling how long it would take us to get you. You are manifestly outnumbered. So, Chris, how, I guess a couple of things. So, bullets, will, there, we're operating the assumption bullets are going to rip through this catwalk. So, like, I I might as well be out in the open Is is the theater we are operating under here, yes? Like this I have is a no sway, a swaying catwalk. And again, it's just being held up by like tinsel cables. It's it's not cover. I would not call this cover. Okay. I would honest I mean Ryan ah, I mean he wants to I think the the intelligent thing from Michael's point of view is coordinate some kind of shit with the rest of the team. But Yeah, we'll bring up your phone and in stunned and silence Ryan is you just said that he wasn't going to look at his phone because he's all stunned. Oh, to he's play not stunned. I just, I, I, that was all narration. You're, no, no, oh, no, no, no. Okay. sorry. Okay, okay. If, if what you want to do, it was like you weren't going to do that immediately, but if you're like, you know what? No, this, I have to coordinate with everybody. No problem. You can bring up your phone. Okay, so those are some of the things that go through Ryan's mind and he concludes at, okay, I'll bring up my phone. One thing he is going to, or I'm going to ask you, Chris, though, about is with this crane and the controls there. So I was going to say. Is that... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'd like to inspect that and and see if it's insanely uh, up, down, left, right arrow <laughs> bullshit. Of, but, or is well, it like 
Is that are video you, games here? And yeah, can we drop? Are you ready for the <laughs> operate heavy machinery roll? Because oh, yeah. we never get to use it. But here it I, is. I have ten. I have ten. Okay. okay. Uh, so so I'm including the use of ICS with operate heavy machinery because that's pretty inextricable these days. So let's see how you do. Go ahead and uh, walk on over to that and, and give it a give it a go here. So we're playing a crane game on these bad guys. Target of ten. Failed at 61. It's very easy to get out of the screen saver mode. No problem. It is all in Chinese. It looks like the readouts. And it's all very poorly. It's a bad UX, number one. Sure. Lots of buttons, lots of indicators. You see moving numbers next to Chinese characters. You have no idea what the hell you're looking at. You've, you're really not familiar with these systems. Then Ryan's going to actually take out his phone and call Royson, figuring it would be... I mean, he can talk quietly if, you know, all the other fucking noise didn't do anything, then that feels yeah. safe. And cool. See, that sounds good to me. So I'll, I'll ring, ring, ring. Or, or sorry, actually, before he does that, he, was there something, was there a text message that you yes, were... Yes, there, there was a text message asking for an image of the floor or whatever so we can see who's where. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So I, I just call you. All right. Hey, uh, so bit of a mind fuck in here. Fuck. Uh, Sarg. Uh, sorry. <laughs> fuck. Special agent Rachel. <laughs> We've never established Sarg as like an in-game name for Just her. say the whole thing then. Just say it. They have special agent Rachel Glenn. She's in really bad shape. Looks like she's about to be a sacrifice of some kind. I see David Young. I see... A guy with an idol, a guy with an, a with a scroll, but there's a few dudes in here with some heavy machine guns and uh, automatic weapons. That fuck, I don't I don't know what we what we do here. Roll your alertness, Ryan, as you're speaking. Four out of a target forty, so that was a success. As you are delivering this news to Royzen, you begin to trail off because across the way on the northern side of the warehouse on your catwalks level you see something moving under what looks like the dim red glowing light of maybe an emergency beacon you're not sure it's it's honestly extremely dim but it's across the way it's a large bulk as if it's somebody who's just covered with piles and piles of rags shifting their weight rosen he stops speaking suddenly he just trails off brian are you still there yeah yeah I, fuck, I don't know what I'm even seeing. You see a strange, thick cord of muscle about the size of a large oaken tree trunk extend out of this pile of black overlapping rags. It begins bobbing up and down as if sniffing the air, perhaps looking up at the rafters it is partially perched on. And you hear a snorting and you realize you're looking at the head of some large, bizarre, winged shape as the rags, the overlapping rags, suddenly extend out into a huge span of tendrils and fluttering fabric. And it flaps once quickly. You can feel the reverberation of warm air actually hit you from this far away. You take a gulp and you look down and you see some of the chanters look up and you see David Young stop for a moment and stare in that direction. The thing snorts again and you watch as dozens of fingers or hands or something opens up around the collar and face, perhaps, of this this head that's emerged. Dozens of human hands. So, Royzen, you've asked again if he's okay. So that's what's happening in tandem to this movement that I'm describing. So if you would please continue that conversation, if possible. Brian, what is going on? There is, there, there, there's, uh, Ryan's gonna start backing up quietly as he's talking uh there's a flying there's a there's a monster
Well, this is about as weird as it gets. But if it's what the old man wants, at least it's only a few more hours until morning. Well, well, more flesh, more bone, younger, less creased and broken. Radio just turned on. What the? No, 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 little bundle. Stop. We would speak with you. Uh. That's weird. You disbelieve that a signal from this machine could entreat you directly? Well, believe this thing, because it now happens. Let's see. You know yourself as... Philip Gopnik, Ranger for the Grand Canyon National Park. You have been the former for the duration of your consciousness, and the latter for a much shorter measure of time. What the...? Who is that coming through? This don't even look like a two-way radio. No! Do not touch any of those dials, buttons, or capacitive surfaces. Listen. I... I... We are aware of your ambitions. We know you wish to be more than what you are. You have always looked toward greater and greater things for yourself. Coming from such humble beginnings, but looking always upward at lofty heights, with such jealous aspirations. Uh... Damn. This has got to be the strange that the old man was talking about. Best read this thing, I guess. <clears throat> Thank you all for listening to Sorry Honey. I have to take this. Keep supporting the work so that they can keep making it by leaving a tip at ko-fi.com slash sorry honey. Oh, coffee. That's ko-fi.com slash sorry honey. Oh, come now. This tired monologue, all this does is innovate the cage we are in. Nothing else. We offer you power. Listen to us. Leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. This helps more than you can know. Visit sorryhoney.captivate.fm to stay up to date and find the Discord server link to chat with the cast and creators. Young one, Philip Marcellus Gopnik, do you wish to exceed this place to be more than a simple park ranger? Damn, that's all there is on the paper. How do you know my name? Who are you? Reach deeply into yourself. You know who we are, and we know you. You have always known us. Now accept us. I... I feel weird. You do sound familiar, I think? Yes, yes, you know us. Now let us in. Just say the words. We will make you mine. I... I feel so strange. Like this is a dream. What is... Do not think too hard, Philip Gopnik. Just say it. Say you want to be more. Hey. I mean, I do want to be more. I do. But... Perfect! Yes! Exactly! Yes, that is enough! <laughs>